The following is audio from The Refuge Church. Every sermon is an invitation to understand, obey, and enjoy God. More information about The Refuge Church is available at therefugechurch.us. So we're starting a new sermon series today. It's going to be a few weeks called Better Together, and it's a focus on what it means to be the body of Christ, the church together and what God intended the body to be. And um, as I was thinking about this this morning, uh, before I came, a verse came to my mind and I, I just want to begin with it. I want to read it and I want just to kind of sink in. It's an incredible verse that describes who we are as the body of Christ, what it means to be the church. Ephesians 1.22, it says, God the Father placed all things under Jesus' feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. So the Father appointed Jesus to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. That's the church, the fullness of him, Jesus, who fills everything in every way. It's pretty incredible. Um, I think it shatters my view of the church. So often I can think of it as being uh, so small. We are the body of Christ, the fullness of Jesus who fills everything in every way. Um, that's not something that we can do by ourselves. And the focus of the next few weeks is to really help us to grasp what it means to be together, the body of Christ. And I think this can be hard for us because most of us, if not all of us, are very individualistic in our thinking, right? Those of you that didn't shake your heads, you're being really individualistic right now. No, I was kidding. <laughs> okay. The, uh, I want to give you a glimpse. It, you know, I think it goes way back to my memories of playing on the playground and not getting along with other kids. Obviously, their problem, not mine. But, you know, and you're arguing over who gets to bat and who gets to pitch and and there's only one bat or there's only one ball and then the kid who owns the ball or owns the bat gets upset and what do they say? I'm going to take my bat and go home. I mean, it's hard to get along, right? It's hard to together be what God has called us to be. Um, How many of you have heard of Frank Sinatra? Oh, wow, you guys are all old. Okay. Okay. Well, Frank Sinatra for... It's impressive. Um, He died in 1988, which is before most of you were born. Anyway. um, And he was called one of the most influential, influential actors, singers, producers of the 20th century. But he captures... In a song that he performed um, at the end of his life, 
uh, that captures this individualism. And uh, this is what he says. I'm not going to sing it in case you were worried. (laughs) He says, and now the end is near, and so I face the final curtain. My friend, I'll say it clear. I'll state my case of which I'm certain. I've lived a life that's full. I've traveled each and every highway. And more, much more than this. You know the song? Wow. <laughs> Let's let Frank do it, okay? <laughs> Sorry. Just okay. Okay. Verse two. <laughs> Regrets, I've had a few, but then again, too few to mention. I did what I had to do and saw it through without exemption. I planned each course, each charted course, each careful step along the byway, and more, much more than this, I did it my way. Yes, there were times, I'm sure you knew, when I bit off more than I could chew. But through it all, when there was doubt, I ate it up and spit it out. I faced it all, I stood up tall, and did it my way. <clears throat> now, if, if, if what's going on in your head right now is a yes, please listen to the sermon, okay? Okay, verse 4. I've loved, I've laughed and cried. I've had my fill, my share of losing, and now as tears subside, I find it all so amusing to think I did all that. And may I say, not in a shy way. Oh no, oh no, not me. I did it my way. For what is a man, what has he got? If not himself, then he has not. And I want you to get this, really listen to this last line. He says, if not himself, then he has not to say the things he truly feels and not the words of one who kneels. It's a proud guy. The record shows I took the blows and did it my way. Yes, it was my way. Um, So let me ask you a question. Is this not often how we, as Christians, also think often? It's just about me, not we. Um, Not in the same way that Frank Sinatra, you know, excluding God and rejecting dependence upon him, but way too often not thinking we instead of me. And you're going to hear that refrain several times as we as we dive into these scriptures, that, that if we're going to represent Jesus better, it's going to be because we do it together. That's, that's the heart of what I think we're going to see from these scriptures. Um, I got to confess, as I was studying for this sermon, my conscience was pricked because in my thinking often, what I'm thinking is how can I be a better witness? How can I be a better worshiper? How can I be a better Christian rather than how can we together be the representation of Jesus that he wants us to be? You know, the bottom line is that God didn't intend for there to be any lone rangers in the body of Christ. Um, So we're going to come to 1 Peter chapter 2 here, and I'll 
I'll kind of warn you up front. I didn't warn the first gathering. I certainly didn't warn Aaron. We're going to look at a lot of scriptures this morning. In fact, a lot of this message is going to be reading scriptures, which are, which are wonderful scriptures, but you're going to have to stay with me, okay? First um, Peter chapter 2. As you come to him, it's Jesus, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him. That's an incredible phrase. Jesus, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And then there's going to be a few verses, 6 through 8, that describe Jesus, this living stone. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. And that's a quotation from Isaiah chapter 28, verse 16. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And that's Psalm 118.22. And a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. And that's Peter quoting Isaiah chapter 8, verse 14. It says they stumble because they disobey the message, meaning the good news about Jesus, which is also what they were destined for, meaning they were destined to stumble if they disobeyed the message about Jesus. Then verse 9, he concludes, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Let's pray just before we dive in here. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just give us eyes to see and hearts to respond to your words that we're looking at this morning. Uh, Father, these are your very words and uh, that you would give us hearts that don't reject them, that don't, aren't repulsed by them, but that are convicted by them and want to respond by saying, Father, how can I be a part of the body that you made me to be a part of? So, thank you. Amen. The big question that I want us to be thinking about this morning as we come to this passage and a bunch of passages is why is God's name so often little regarded in our world today? I'll repeat that. Why is God's name so often little regarded in our world today? And there's probably, we could come up with lots of reasons. An example of what I'm talking about just happened recently with the Coffee Oasis about two months ago. A large corporation, huge national corporation, reached out to us um, 
offering that we would become their nonprofit that they would financially donate to. Pretty exciting. About two weeks ago, they found out that we were a faith-based ministry and they withdrew their support. Now why? Now we could, we could become kind of, we could condemn them and say, oh, they're just anti-Christian. Um, but, the, but the question is why? And two things that I thought of that bring us into our message today is number one, there's a lot of Christians out there, people calling themselves Christians that are spewing a lot of hatred, right? Spewing a lot of hatred towards people that are different than them rather than like Christ <laughs> that we claim to follow um, demonstrating love to them no matter who they are, no matter what they've done. Like Jesus, a friend of those who are called sinners, right? Or on the other hand, individuals calling ourselves Christians but, but not getting along, right? Constantly separating from one another rather than loving one another as Christ called us to as a demonstration that we're his followers. In John 13, Jesus said, by this all men and women will know that you are my disciples if you what? you love one another and we don't often do a very good job of that do we and that's the reason for this sermon series that we're doing is because it's way easier to separate (laughs) whether it's a marriage or whether it's being a part of a body of Christ together is supernatural right (laughs) together is supernatural and not because compromises happened somebody's given up on their convictions but because of a mutual admiration of Jesus and a mutual submission to Jesus that has happened that surmounts our personal differences and causes us together in love with Jesus built on the living stone to want to represent him and who he is to the world So the big idea as we come to 1 Peter here is simply Jesus is seen better when we represent him together. Kind of a nice little rhyme, huh? No. Jesus is seen better when we represent him together. We're going to start with a foundation. It's about Jesus, right? And the first thing I want you to see is the continuity throughout Scripture about what's being presented here. As you come to him, the living stone. It's incredible, this imagery, this picture that we see all throughout the the Bible. And this is where I'm going to work you through some Scripture. Jesus is the rock. Deuteronomy 32 Jesus is that rock. Verse 8 in Psalm 62 says, Trust in him at all times. You people, pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge, for God is our rock. That's the living stone that we're coming to, Jesus the rock of the Old Testament. You know, it makes even more sense when we come to Matthew 
chapter 7 when Jesus tells us a parable of the foolish man and the wise man. He says this in Matthew seven twenty four. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, this is Jesus speaking, and puts them into practice is a, like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Everyone who hears Jesus' words and puts them into practice. The rain came and down the streams rose. The winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Is Jesus your rock this morning? Uh, Jesus is the rock, the God of the Old Testament, the living stone of the New Testament, Jesus So I love the song, The Solid Rock. It says, On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. If we can go back to 1 Peter chapter 2. So as we come to see Jesus and realize that it's all about Jesus, number one, it's that he's the rock, but number two, it's that as you come to him, the living stone, the rock, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him not only is Jesus the rock but he was the rock rejected for us so that we could be accepted with God isn't that incredible that's that's our rock and so what we see in verses 6 through 8 in 1 Peter 2 I just want to we're just going to take you through those Old Testament passages just to get the context Isaiah 8, 13, and 14. The Lord Almighty is the one you are to regard as holy. He is the one you are to fear. He is the one you are to dread. He will be a holy place for both Israel and Judah. He will be a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. The Lord Almighty, and that's what Peter talks about when he talks about Jesus in 1 Peter 2. The Lord Almighty Jesus, our rock. The stone that will cause people to stumble and a rock that will make them fall. Isaiah twenty-eight sixteen. So this is what the sovereign Lord says. See, I lay a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone for a sure foundation. And the one who relies on it will never be stricken with panic or ashamed, as it says in 1 Peter 2. And then Psalm 118, an incredible passage. I mean, just it's like the gospel in a nutshell here in Psalm 118. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. And it might echo in your mind in John chapter 10, where Jesus is called the gate. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. I will give you thanks, for you answered me. You have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this. It is marvelous in our eyes. The Lord has done it this very day. Let us rejoice today and be glad in it. There's a little chorus. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We're rejoicing and glad in it because the stone... Jesus that the builders rejected became the cornerstone when he died on the cross and rose from the dead so that we who are unrighteous may through him enter and become righteous. He's become our salvation.
John 1, 11 and 12, Jesus kind of summarizes it when he says, He came, Jesus came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And that's us. That's the body of Christ. And that's the foundation for what we're going to go into and say, how in the world can we, as the church, the body of Christ, represent the rock? (laughs) The God of this universe, the sovereign Lord, the Lord Almighty, who was rejected for us, went to the cross, gave his life, said, it is finished, paid in full, then rose from the grave victorious over sin and death to provide salvation and life for us. How can we represent that? How can we represent him? And that's when we come back to 1 Peter chapter 2 here. Thank you. (laughs) 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 4. It's about Jesus, but when we come back here, it's when it's about representing Jesus, it's not about me. It's got to be about we. Remember back to Ephesians. We, the church, are the fullness of him who fills everything. How audacious that we individually could think that we could adequately represent him. It's got to be us together. As you come to him, the living stone rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. There's four pictures that we're going to look at just really quickly. We're going to actually, and then we're going to talk about some plural pronouns that to help us see in this passage that it's about we, that it's Jesus is better represented when we do it together. Um, If we can go to verse 9 really quickly, I want you to notice, notice it says, but you are a chosen people. That's, That's the first picture. Notice it doesn't say you are a chosen person. We're a chosen people. A royal priesthood. Notice it doesn't say a royal priest. It's a priesthood. It's an order of priests. It's the priesthood of believers. We are all together representatives of God. We are all together have direct access to the Father through Jesus Christ. We're a holy nation. We're not holy an individual. We're holy nation. It's this corporate sense of people, a priesthood, a nation, God's special possession. If we can go back to verse 4. Being built into a spiritual house to be this holy priesthood. In Ephesians chapter 2, listen to these words. It's in verse 19, Paul says, You are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people, members of God's household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. And so, you know, coming, we look back at that picture in in 1 Peter 2, we got Jesus as the living stone, and then we, like living stones, are built upon him. The 
apostles and prophets being the, the initial stones laid on Jesus, the cornerstone. And then each of us, every one of us being one of those living stones added together to this house to be a dwelling of God through his spirit, as it says in Ephesians chapter 2. Um, and what a variety of stones. But the focus isn't on the stones. It's not, wow, look at that cool stone, third row up, fourth stone over. That's an amazing stone. It's all of us, you know, some of us are rough granite and some of us are, you know, all different kind of stones. (laughs) I couldn't think of any other stones. Um, But the variety of stones, all of us together being built into this spiritual house to represent the living stone together. The point is, it was not intended that there be Christian superstars. Man, that's a cool stone. (laughs) But that all of us together would be pointing to Jesus. All of us together pointing to the living stone. Notice verse 4, plural pronouns. You can't tell it, but they are. As you, if you're in the South, you'd say you all, right? Wow, didn't realize had so many Southerners. As y'all come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and pressured to him. Again, you all also like living stones are being built into this spiritual house. Flip down to verse 9. We see the same thing. They're all plural. But you all, this chosen people, royal priesthood, holy nation, God's special possession, that you all may declare the praises of him who called you all out of darkness into his marvelous light. The important thing about this if we can go back to verse 4, the important thing about this is how it impacts our worship and witness. God in, didn't intend for us to be individual superstars or professionals in our worship and witness. There's two we call purpose clauses if you're into grammar. Verse 5 gives us the first one. It says, you all also, like living stones, are being built into this incredible house. God's dwelling, the first purpose clause, in order to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. It's us all as this growing spiritual house, this holy priesthood existing to offer spiritual sacrifices of praise to God together. I think we get it mixed up sometimes. We think that there are professional pastors, professional worship leaders, priests. Notice, worship isn't the role of of a priest or a pastor or a worship leader, but every one of us together as a priesthood of believers who have access to the Father through Jesus. 
Imagine a community called the church, the body of Christ, if every one of us saw our lives every day in everything we do as together worshiping God, offering Him praise, and not the role of me or a professional. It'll change the way we see worship. And then in verse 9, it'll change the way we see witness. But you all are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you all, and this is the purpose, that you all together may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. It's meant to be all of us together as the body of Christ declaring the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. I love Psalm 126.3 where the psalmist says, the Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. You know, personal testimony is powerful, but just think how much more powerful corporate testimony is. A watching world seeing a community of people calling themselves Christians truly loving one another and representing to them what it really means to be this dwelling place of God in the world. So to conclude, God will get greater glory and I believe people will see Jesus better when we do it together. I think that's what it's saying in First Peter chapter 2 as this living house, these people who see ourselves as a fullness of him together, of him who fills all in all, instead of just a bunch of people who are doing our own thing. So two things I'd like to leave with you. Number one, it's about Jesus. If you didn't get that, who you missed. <laughs> He's the rock. He's the rock. He's the foundation, the cornerstone of the church. We exist because of him, because he was rejected for us so that we could be accepted by God again in relationship with God. And it's about we. People together crazy about Jesus that in itself would be crazy, right? People together crazy about Jesus? It's about we, the body of Christ. So how's this going to happen? Number one, we need to be Jesus-focused, right? You focus on me, and you'll have reason to abandon the body of Christ because I'm not what I should be all the time. We need to be Jesus-focused. Get our eyes off of each other. If we're more captivated by Jesus, I guarantee you we will be less bothered by one another. Let me repeat that. (laughs) If we are more captivated with Jesus, we will be less bothered by each other. And then finally, we need to quit saying you and me and start saying more we. This is the advice that Cindy and I give young couples that we're counseling that are looking forward to get married. Um, 
it's hard to change from being individuals to coming together in a relationship and instead of saying you and me, you start saying we. But that's exactly the same thinking that needs to permeate the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. We are this spiritual household that's being built together, founded upon Jesus the cornerstone with the apostles and prophets and millions of others that have gone before us. We together, worshipers and witnesses of Jesus the rock. Isn't that incredible? What an awesome privilege is ours. Dear Lord, my prayer is that you would open our eyes to see Jesus, to see less of each other, so that seeing Jesus, the things of this world, the differences that disturb us and tear us apart would, would just drift away would fade away because we're we're so enamored and captivated by Jesus, our rock. Thank you so much, Father, for Jesus. And thank you for the privilege to be a part of this body, the body of Christ, representing Jesus. Amen.